0: Show the tea Tuesdays. It is your girl V. Um, if you are not already familiar, it's the week of Centennial. Okay, let me let me calm down. Let me calm down <laughs> before I have a hot flash. Let me calm down. I have a special guest with me today. It is the one and the only. Okay, there's no other Soror like her. Trust me. I, I've looked and I haven't found any. I'm just letting you know. Her name is Soror Tamika Nicole Williams Clark. Hello, Soror, How you doing? I am well. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Yes. Welcome to Show the Tea Tuesdays, girl, where we have the tea of knowledge. The tea of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Are you excited about Centennial?
1: I am actually. You know, it's been a buildup for a number of years, and to finally be here, it's really awe inspiring. The last time we had, I mean, we've had other, you know, landmark 25th, 75th. I mean, but this is the one. That I think we will all remember for our lifetime is a hundred years, and it's been a build up to get to a hundred years. So uh, we have seventy fifth, we had ninety fifth, we have smaller other ones, and and we have the fiftieth, of course, mid centennial. But this one is kind of the granddaddy, or excuse me, the grandmommy
0: of them all. <laughs> right, definitely, definitely. Now, just in case for the for the, our viewers and listeners that are not familiar of who is. Sora Tamika Nicole Williams Clark. Who is she? And and why is she so phenomenal? Well, <laughs> I just want to let you know that she was our past international oh, epistolias. I said I was gonna say it the, the other way, didn't I? See, I'm always messing it up. But anyways, that's how I pronounce it. So our past international epistolias for the international sorority, I mean, I mean, that's a really big deal. It's a really big deal, and she has a wealth of knowledge. Now, I do have to say this. So let me get my let me get my thoughts together before we mm-hmm. go any further. So the opinions expressed on Charity Tuesdays are my own and do not necessarily represent the positions, strategies, or opinions of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated, its leadership, or affiliates. All right. Now we got that out the way, so we can clear that up. <laughs> so. You, this. I have a question, yes. And I'm such a visual person, but um, I don't know if you got a chance to go to uh, the boule Centennial and Oh, I was there, I was there. I, I you were, and did you get a chance to tour the Walking in Our Founders trail?
1: I did, I got to see everything, you know, as a when I was. I was a member of the international board of directors. So we got the preview before the preview for so everybody else. So we got there when we unveiled our marker, our historical marker. Mm-hmm. And so for me, a lot of that was like, OK, now I can put a name and a place together. We had had some discussions that we were going to do a live in museum on site. But that actually was better what we did, because it was actually the place that we can walk in the founder's footsteps and kind of see what it was like it was the summer obviously we were founded in November, but still get to see what it looked like and how these these seven young you know African American women had to go to school where they had to go to school. a lot mm-hmm. of things that you would see there also were really striking like say for example the open book that's mm-hmm. on our hand that's you know that's on our shield um and just just kind of being there it was it was really I was I was there with you know past Grand uh, you know, Dr. Katie K. White, Dr. Annie Lawrence Brown, people who really have laid the the you know the foundation for Sigma, yeah. who, who knew the founders, you know, especially as they got up in age. So it was interesting because we did an abbreviated tour, but we got to walk down the street. It was really well done. I thought I thought the Irvington Society did a really great job. Yeah, her, um, knowing that some of the research that I provided, um, you know, went into helping them to form some of that. So that was to me that was. It was good to see the neighborhood. Um, I'm from West Coast based. We don't have that kind of history in that way in California. Um, But I think that people were just excited just to see where we came from, because, again, we're not like the other historically African-American sororities and fraternities, or at least I will say, you know, six of them, because we were all founded, you know, not at a historically African-American, you know, university University, so we weren't founded at hbc so we have we our history is different but it just was i thought it was a good i thought i thought the investment that the irvingson society did when we worked working with us hand in hand i thought that they did a phenomenal job with sigma It was just nice and i think people i was shocked at how many people wanted to actually go there because i'm a history buff so i care about like that But a lot of people that i that aren't they just wanted to go and they just wanted to walk in the the footsteps of what of the founders so i thought that was really impressive
0: and if you haven't if you have no idea what we're speaking of and if you're in (laughs) in indiana um it's the irvington historical society they are on facebook they have a um a, a website and everything and they're really really nice people i i must admit like everyone is nice even the person that's uh well the people that are directing the the tours but I did get a chance to experience and I just I just want to say it was really it was empowering but it was also almost overwhelming yeah it was it, it
1: was especially when you get to the streets and then they and then you know, the 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 moment, and I don't want it to be a highlight because I don't want this to overshadow who we are as an organization and our accomplishments mm-hmm. as African-American women or women of color, was that the house of the Grand Dragon being so close to where mm-hmm. they, our founders would have had to walk, you know, by class. And this man put up pillars in front of his house right. so that it would kind of basically be reminiscent of a plantation. Like, what mm-hmm. kind of mindset is that? So I think that for us to see that and just to kind of see, put it in perspective, they didn't have the technology that we had. They, they probably were walking to school. Um, I think there was like a, a, a cable car or something that was going through Indianapolis during that time to mm-hmm. help that form of mass transit. So just seeing that they had to walk because I'm sure they did not have cars just to just to be educated. It's like we always as black people have to do extra, you know, right, right, we can't right. just show up to work. We got to go to work and be the number one employee. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they <laughs> can just show up to school and just be good students. They have to be the best students if they wanted to progress and really make an impact and really stay in an in a educational environment.
0: So that's a great point. That is definitely yeah. a great point. Um, I, I I enjoyed the tour. So if, if you guys would like to to go, I, I feel like if I'm not mistaken, I said they're going to still highlight it or have it going on throughout november i'm I'm trying to remember what she told me um but i know they had it up until september and then they're going to bring it back for the week of uh our centennial so it's really a site that you need to see of course there are going to be people that's going to uh, feature it all on social media so even if you're not physically able to go you can you can see it on social media somewhere because i'll probably even share my little snippet on there so (laughs) but you know thinking of the mindset of our founders. Um, and just the point of this is a Saturday that you know Sigma Gamma Rho was created, you know, back in 1922. And to me, sometimes I wonder. Well, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I always wonder, like, what were they thinking back then? You know what? It's interesting though, because well,
1: we don't know that was a Saturday. So let's. Well, we, have, okay. we, have to, we have to look <laughs> it up to see. But and that would be interesting because you can find that pretty easily now with technology, which date, um, what day of the week it was. But you got to think about it again. Seven young women, Indianapolis, Indiana, not a huge enclave of African American people that are prominent. That's mainly on the on the East Coast, mm. and then in the South, you saw a lot of black people because everybody was still kind of migrating in between migrating from the South to the North and everything at that point in time right. historically but what what impresses me about the founders the most is like they didn't have connections these weren't people who came from wealthy families these were working class women who were trying to basically and not you know most african americans at that time were doing domestic work
0: right Mm -hmm. and so
1: if you had a, a job as a teacher that was like elevating your class status and so the whole idea that they wanted to come together originally to become, to empower teachers to get their bachelor's degrees so that they could be more of service to the youth that they they were actually teaching. So to me, that was, you know, you got to think about it. At 17, 18, 19 years old, I wasn't thinking about that. You right. know, we had a founder that was 17. The oldest two founders were 26 years old mm-hmm. and then some ages in between there. And so to think that we're coming together to start something that is going to be of support For people down the line i don't think they conceptualized that they just they knew what they needed to do now and people other women who found that inspiration joined the organization and here we are a hundred years later so Mm -hmm. i think that they really just wanted to you know again it was the the concept of let's better ourselves so that we can be a better service to the 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 kids that we have this we you know we want to do this intrinsic thing of just Serving other people, and we know we need to do this. And now we're bringing other people along. And look at we look at we where we are now: hundred thousand members initiated, you know, over the last hundred years. Um, I don't think they could have really conceptualized that. I know that I, anything that I've done that has been great and had an impact, or anything that you've done, you don't you do it, and you, there's just this drive to do it. And then when you start to see it grow, you're like, wow, wow. like I was on the right track. And I think that's where they their heads were. They even said that like when they came back um, to the they came to the mid centennial celebration
0: mm-hmm. and that was
1: like at that time the, the largest celebration of anything Sigma Gamma Road had that that was at 50 years in 1972 and to see the growth because by this time they were up in age. You know, our founders were in their They would have been in their 70s um, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so from, you know, 17 years old, 50 years later, you're what, 67 Right, so right. you know that's the youngest founder was sixty seven so you gotta think the oldest founders were like in their you know mid to late seventies at that point so mm-hmm. um I think that they just really were i think they were just in awe of what they created and I think mm-hmm. that's true for any Greek letter organization. If you look at the history of all the founders, for many of these people that founded these historically African American sororities and fraternities,
0: mm-hmm. for
1: many of them, this was the greatest thing they've ever done, right right. And 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 you know you don't see a lot of people like beyond the founding. This is what they did. This was their accomplishment, not minimizing the rest of their lives. But this was the one thing that has a legacy that has lasted for a hundred years, especially for us. Or we're the last of the the elite eight or great eight to become a hundred, and then iota phi theta will become one hundred in about forty years. So right,
0: right yeah. Right. I think it's just the the importance of the legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and yes, when I said Saturday, I'm I'm thinking. <laughs> it's okay, sorry, I was like, girl. Okay, anyways, but yeah, just thinking of the legacy. You know, the legacy of all the people that it has touched. You know, since 1922, and how it just continues to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, at times, I also I, I wonder you know like we think about our families and our ancestors and are they proud of us you know and like yes i think they are proud of us you know just we've we've made some phenomenal steps compared to where we were from the very beginning you know um and we have more work to do of course it doesn't stop (laughs) when we turn 100 years old it doesn't just stop but we have a lot more work to do but um, just that legacy component is really, really a big factor to me um, when I look at that. It,
1: and it should be. I think that's that's what you look at. Even say, for example, myself, I've been a Sigma Gamma Ro- uh, member of Sigma Gamma Rose since May 31st, 1992, 30 years. And looking at my first boule, I went to in what, 1994 in Winston-Salem. And I remember going to that boule. I had never seen that many Sigma Gamma Rose in, in a room and there was like maybe 500 people <laughs> so to go to this boule and to see and just to know how many people that we have that are active and involved right. and the to see the growth of the organization is mind-blowing i i'll give you an example my um i had three i have seven line sisters and um three of them came to their very first boule in july oh wow. and yeah and then never been and then i had a uh, Couple of neophytes. One of my neophytes from spring '96. That's I'm dating myself, right? (laughs) And then another recent neophyte from spring '16. And I was like, "You guys really should come. Don't be on the fence about." And they got there, and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" And they were like, "I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to go to Indianapolis because they would have been sitting at home one mad because everybody would have been posting on social media, (laughs) right?" Two, I think they got to see like what the organization looked like across the country, and with our global members coming in, they got to see that they would. You don't see that on social media. You mm-hmm. it's one thing to see it and type it and be a you know keyboard member, but it's another thing when you're actually in the presence of sorors. Like I remember a boule I went to it was at 2014 uh, National Harbor, and I had just reactivated like the year before, and everybody was like. Hi, Sora. Hi, Sora. Hey, Sora. Hey, Sora. So you're walking down, everybody is, hi, Sora. Hi, Sora. Hi, Sora. Hi, Sora. And just speaking to people just in general, not, not, you know, you're walking, but you just feel compelled because there's, even though you don't know the Mm Sora, you just want to speak because it's like, Hey, you're Sigma Gamma Rho. I'm a Sigma. We do that, you know. We see people in the grocery store. We run across, try to kill people with chopping carts, trying to get to a. We're on the, driving on the freeway. You see a soror, you like, you know, honking and and you know acting a fool because that's what we do. But I think to see it at Boulay where everybody is a soror, everybody has on blue and gold. Everybody. was I, for them. I was more, I was more focused on what kind of time they had because I've seen Sigma Gamma Rho like, you know, on a, on a larger scale, but I was more focused on making sure that they had a good time. Mm -hmm. And and did you make sure you go to this, make sure you go to that, you know, meet these people. This is what we're going to be doing. Have you met this? soror? have you met that? soror? I was like more interested in my friends and my sans and the people who I have close personal relationships with making sure they got the connections that they wanted. Um, give you an example. One of my neos, she went and, um, she is or i shouldn't say neils one of my one of our younger sorors uh, (laughs) who's been in the organization about six years and she was saying like you know i have my line sisters but i'm not as close as them as i would like and i said look we got a hundred thousand members you will find somebody somewhere you will find your people but you got to put yourself out there and she went and had a ball and. And kept talking about it. We just went and another soror that she met. I introduced her to. We just went and celebrated her birthday yesterday.
0: Oh, and we had a
1: also we had our our area. We had our um, centennial celebration yesterday. So, I think that that is what I that impressed me so much about is Just people get to see the normal. We got to see the normality of the Mm -hmm. organization. So we're not just in a vacuum, you know.
0: Right. That definitely makes a big difference. And congratulations. 30 years. I mean, that's, that's a big step, big step. I'm just now 21. So I'm, I'm just now legal, but (laughs) I came in when I was two. I was a, I was a child. I was a baby,
1: a toddler, a toddler. what, What, uh, what university was it? I actually came in through something that doesn't exist anymore, which is a metropolitan chapter.
0: So I I came
1: in, yeah. So I came in May 31st, 1992, Kappa Phi chapter, which was three schools at the time uh, University of California Davis, University of, I'm sorry, University of California Davis, California State University Sacramento, where I went, and then another school called California State University Chico. And there was uh, on my line, I can say that, um, we had all three schools. So I'm actually the second international officer off my line. Oh yeah so the, yeah so my line sister she came in in california and then she moved to the southwestern region and went to university of arkansas pine bluff and she got elected second grand international second vice president for people who are not Sigma emerald um when we were in undergrad and i remember that's why i went to the boule in 1994 Wow. because that's where she was running for election. And she served from 94 to 96 under Corrine
0: uh, Green, her second term. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. History I didn't know. That, yes. <laughs> that, is, that is wonderful when um, your, well, I'm going to say your line sister has history, significant history, as well as you, you know, and being an international officer is a really big that's a really big position to me. It is. I mean, I'm. I don't know about anybody else, but to me, I'm like, oh my god, that's that's a really big deal to me. You is.
1: were you were a regional officer. You're a regional yeah. epistolias, epistoleus, depending on where you live. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how we met, actually. Yes, that is we're true. All regional officers, yeah. I know. And I've met so many sorors because um, you know a lot of my friends say, oh, Verna, you're such a social butterfly. But I love to meet people. Like, I know that's part of my Southern hospitality, but I just love to meet people. And then I get to talking. Next thing I know, we didn't exchange numbers and, you know, of <laughs> the <that's just> history. <laughs> so, yes, it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. Definitely, definitely. So, with the history of Sigma Gamma Row, um, with, I mean, it's 2022, what is something that you feel is, really um genuine for the people to know about Sigma Gamma Rho because yes we know about our founders but I'm I'm not for sure like the foundation of it or like our because you know a lot of our things have stayed the same for a while from my understanding Mm -hmm. Um, but what do you think is something that's really genuine that the public sees as far as Sigma Gamma Rho I think people
1: see the genuine like we do have sisterhood like, you know, that doesn't mean that I love every single person, but I love a lot of people. Right. And, and so I think that that's important. I remember, you know, when I came up, we would go from, you know, we lived in California is a big state. And so people don't know this, it takes like 14 hours, I think 12 to 14 hours to go from the top of the state to the bottom of the state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I knew SORS and we didn't have the internet at that time, we were doing like writing letters, calling like people like your parallels or p- parallels. And let me, that means people who came in at the same time or semester that you did on the phone, mm-hmm. writing letters, writing letters to like sisters in other places. But I do remember this, I'll tell you, when I was about I think nineteen. It was right after I became a member. We they said you, you're going on a road trip. I said what's that? They said don't. It doesn't matter. I said I don't have any money. They said that's okay. You worry about that when we get there. <laughs> so they so we ended up renting cars in Sacramento. And then what we did was we and I didn't rent them because I wasn't 21 yet. I was no still- car. <laughs> so one source she ended up renting some cars and then we like drove down to the Bay Area. That's about two hours from where we are. And then picked up some sores from other chapters and then drove down to San Diego. That was an eight hour drive in the car. I didn't know where we were staying, what we was doing. I didn't even know how I was going to eat. I had $40. Oh, my God. We got down there. We got to, I'll never forget. We got to San Diego to Delta Gamma chapter. And they had had a line the same, you know, I have spring 92 parallel. One of my parallels, I'm really good friends with SANS. She's also number seven. Spring Delta Gamma. I'm number seven. Capify. We got down there. We had a place to stay. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. We also had, you know, some. We, we we had some, you know, some some libations provided <laughs> by the men of Capify, of course. And we stepped in that show, and I just remember like it was just one of those things. Like it didn't matter. You're com- We we drove all that time so that they could have all those people on the yard. So we show up at the step show. It's like 150 Sigma Gamma Rows. We just took over the yard. They're like people like, where y'all come from? And we did that over and over again. So I say this to say is that when we were in our element, we ride for each other. Mm. We will make sure that Sigma Gamma Row is going to show up and support each other. People would be like, well, what chapter are you in? Even in the Bay Area where I live, they'd be like, which chapter are you in? I know there's two, but it seems like you guys are all mixed in together. Because mm-hmm. that's what we do. We ride for each other. I have had some amazing experiences with Soros, some life-changing experiences. I was talking to a Soror. She says, we didn't sign up for this part. I said, I know, but somehow we're doing it. I've <laughs> been in situations where... Soros have passed away mm-hmm. or their family member has passed away. And we just come in and the family has to worry about nothing because we take care mm-hmm. of it. Um, and that's just what we do. I've done it for many Soros myself, you know, including one of my online sisters. Um, I've done it for so uh, people who I brought into the organization, Soros, I didn't know. We've done it for other members of other Greek letter organizations. And I remember one of my uh, Kappa friends, he's, he, he's sitting down with his sister. She's not Greek. I brought over food because he had just been going through like a, a heart or had a surgery and was going through a divorce. I'm bringing food to the house. And just on the strength of this is my brother, this is somebody I've known for years and this is how you treat family.
0: Right. And so I
1: think that's, I learned hospitality. My upbringing was already that way. My, my parents are from the South, but I learned that in Sigma Gamma, Rho, we stop whatever we're doing. And we go and be with each other when we need to. And we we handle that business for each other. Mm-hmm. Sores have I've been there with for births. I've been there for deaths. I've been there for hard times. I've been there to help sores move their stuff out the house when it was a bad situation. And that's who we are. And I think that is what keeps me coming back, even when people get on my nerves, because my nerves are short now. But I know that if I need something, a sore will stop, drop, and roll, and do whatever needs to happen to make that happen. These are my family. I've seen us do. The families are always amazed. Like, where'd y'all come from? What's mm-hmm. <laughs> what y'all do? Right. You know, a funeral procession. For, you know, procession. We feeding the families. We cleaning up afterwards because that's what we do. That's what we commit to do. Right. This is our. You know, this is our commitment beyond just doing the service. It's the sisterhood that I think that makes me happy to be a member of Sigma Rho. And then some of the, sometimes people get a little jealous. They're like, y'all really do this stuff for each other.
0: Why yes. I mean, like, like, why not? Right, right. I don't understand that. I mean, if, yeah. if you're going to use the term sister, and I mean, we're not just talking about blood sisters, but we're talking about sister. If you're going to be a genuine sister, what does that look like? And, you know, everyone has different, um, definitions of what they feel like a sister looks like, but in in essence, everything comes full circle when you think of the sisterhood of Sigma Young Bro. Um, and that's always been my thought. So I, when I talk to new people, and just even our newer sorors, you know, I ask them, uh, "What do you What are you looking for? You know, help me understand so I can be able to help you, because sometimes we don't have that understanding." Um, especially depending on your, your, um, uh, your family background or, you know, what's going on in your life. Some people are a little private. They don't want everybody in their business. And so we have to respect that, but we also have to make sure that we're there for each other. And I think that's, uh, that's a really important part for me is just to be there.
1: My line sister is so funny. Cause I have, uh, I have, like I said, I have seven line sisters. One of them passed away. Um, loved her to death, and when she passed away, we no questions. We we helped the family. That's mm-hmm. what we did. So my one of my line sisters, who I'm really close to, she was the one that came. We were on the same campus, and her kids. She has uh, older kids now, thirteen and fourteen. And so at one point, her kids were like, "So how is Tamika related to us?" <laughs> and so she had to explain to them like. Uh, you know because they're like she's there she you know she's shows up to our family stuff you know like they're my godchildren they just didn't uh, they didn't they they didn't they were like is she like our auntie like yeah and it, it, some, <laughs> someone she explained that's my sorority because we have no blood relation mm-hmm. but this is my friend these are her children I love her children like I like I would love my own and and it's funny, or people be like, How is this person? So we have to explain sometimes to people. Like, I, I'll be like, My 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 real sisters, not my sorority sisters, and they'll be like, Oh, okay. Because okay. people for I have two, I have, you know, two, I have two sisters and a brother. And so I have to explain to people when I say sister, i oh, well, my sorority sister, so they understand the difference. But nice. but like, yeah, we've been in the hospital with folks, and I remember one time. Sora and I were there for another sore and the fam- and the doctor we was like, wait a minute, we, we can't make these decisions because we're not family. Mm. But we're there as support. So we mm. know we know in our mind logically that we're mm. not related, but but it's still like this family, just this is what we did Sorry. It's family. Yes. Yeah.
0: And and I, I'll admit, and I've told several people this, I get I get overly protective. I do.
1: As it, you should.
0: It's just really, it's it's really bad, um, but I've, I've gotten better over time, but I really get protective of, of sores. You know, you just don't want people to get hurt or to be, you know, mistreated or anything like that. So I really do get protective. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I'm protective within reason. Like I will ride for you. I will have your back.
1: I will do all the things that I'm supposed to do, But if but I don't mean I have to like you though. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing I'm very clear about that, like, <laughs> like I, I I was like, we don't have to get along, but we do have to respect each other. And that yeah. is something that's super important to me. Like, you know, I'm a woman first, you know, and, and I'm a Sigma Gamma Rho second. So we, you know, like, you know, we have this thing in the Greek community called deference. But mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that deference is you got to give deference to get deference. It goes Uh-oh. both ways. Yep. And I will tell people in a minute. You, you know, I don't have to defer to you, but you mm-hmm. do have, you know. But deference goes both ways. It's just not an automatic right. based on who you come in. It's it's about respect. We you earn respect from each other, and then you give respect to each other. Definitely,
0: definitely. Mm-hmm. I love that. That, that mm-hmm. means well. No, I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> And I'm not editing it out. I just said, never mind. That's all I'm going
1: to say. We got to tell the truth about it. It's not all flowers and, you know, skipping through and skipping through the forest, you know, singing right. songs, hymns and doing work. There is some some relationships that tend to be more challenging and you have to work on them. But mm-hmm. the, the thing that is, it's the mutual respect And everybody is not maturing at the same level. Because, again, I've been in 30 years. Somebody who's been in maybe two years may not have an understanding. We're going to talk about that understanding, but just remember if you start crossing me and your understanding is a little different, don't don't think I might not flex back on you. Right. You know, both ways, you
0: know. That's true. That is true. So, do you have, I know we shouldn't have favorite founders, but do you have one that you tend to lean towards a little bit more? <laughs> I
1: do. Actually, I I've studied them. And it's really hard because back in the 20s, it wasn't like we had a lot, like we could sit there and just get in the psyche of a founder. People, respectability, people didn't do that. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you my favorite founder, and it's Hattie Redford. Okay. And people are like, Hattie Redford? Like, so I made it my mission, my personal mission to educate people on who, who Hattie Redford was. Mm-hmm. And it's Hattie Redford because Hattie Redford, she served in like two roles on in the grand chapter. She was never a grand basilisk, but she served in two roles. She was a grand epistoleus or epistoleus at one point. And mm-hmm. then she was a grand tamaokas and she served in that role forever. Wow. And then when she retired or when she took a step down, she remained on the board as a financial consultant. So she served a sorority in an active capacity, like really active for 40 years. Ooh. So and a lot of people don't know that a lot of the early business was done in her home. Mm-hmm. Um, she was at everything, you know, you, there's passages in the books that you can read about her giving speeches at the 25th, at the 40th anniversary of the sorority. Um, and she was really the heart and soul of Sigma. Um, you know, everybody had their contribution, but I kind of leaned towards, like, I made a point to let people know about Hattie Riffer because everybody assumes that, and, and again, founder little, she did, or Allison at the time, cause that was her maiden name was Allison. Um, those other two names are her married names. Um, she was the 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 the. This was her concept, but it you know took six other women to help that to, uh, to help that come to fruition. And she did. She was the one who got everybody together, organized folks, put it to you know make sure that they may, met every night. You know they they worked for three years before the sorority actually had the first boule in 1925. And mm-hmm. so she was, she served only one year as president at the time. It wasn't grand bassist, it was president. And she served as president from 25 to 26. Then she moved to California um, to, re- to basically get her bachelor's degree at UCLA. So she died in California. She served as a teacher for, I think she's like there for like 30, 40 years um, mm-hmm. for the LA uh, Unified School District. And so she she passed away in California. And she's also a favorite of mine. But there's other founders that did stuff like Nanny Mae Gon Foster Johnson. I just put that other name in there because a lot of people don't know that she had, she had another name. She was married twice. Um, and she actually, people don't give her enough credit, but she actually helped to design the pen, her and Kubina McClure together. Um, so it wasn't just Kubina, it was her. Um, she she did a lot, so a lot of people don't talk a lot about her. Um, Dorothy Hanley Whiteside was the young one. She was the baby of the bunch. She was the kid. Um, and just for her to go along with the older people, and she stayed, when she was active, she did a lot of things with, like, she made hats. So she had a millinery business. She was really into fashion. Um, Cabina McCor was extremely brilliant, but she died early. But her main contribution was she helped to design the pen. She was into the arts. She was going to go to Columbia University on the Gregg Scholarship. Um, Vivian Irene White Ma- White Marbury. She was uh, very scholarly. And, you know, she's done, she did a lot educationally. And we have her direct legacy on the International Board of Directors right now, which is Dr. Kalila Shabazz is her great granddaughter. Y'all didn't know
0: that. I want you to say that one more time for the people that may have missed
1: it vivian white irene white marbury her great granddaughter is dr kalila shabazz who's our international uh grand uh anti-grammatius which is recording secretary so mm-hmm. that is her great grandmother and if you look at old pictures of her and then put them side by side they have the same brow line and i didn't notice that till I was at headquarters looking at the pictures and um, when we were filming and so i got a chance to look at it but that is her great grandmother and so she was the only founder that actually had children um, and she actually taught at Morehouse. She also, you know, she went to Columbia, got her master's. So she's very she was uh she was a principal of a school for 37 years. I want to say 37 or 39 years off the top of my head. But she was great. Did I miss one?
0: Oh, wait, you because you you named them off really fast. Hold on.
1: Yeah, I wanna say I hope I didn't miss anybody. Like I got Kabina McClure, I got Vivian Irene White Marbury, I got mm-hmm. Nanny Magon Johnson, Hattie Redford, uh Bessie Rose Martin, that's who it was. So Bessie Rose Martin, she actually, uh, it's not a whole lot known about her, but she actually didn't go, most of them all went to the same high school. She -hmm. went to a different high school, um, but she, she was involved in Sigma Gamma Rho early on as well. And if you look in the early um officer list she was served as one of the officers i can't remember off the top of my head which one even though i wrote the stuff on the monument i can't remember her officer off the top of my head but she actually was around for a while and she was a teacher she had she took care of her family like she she spent a lot of time taking care of her family she died in 1947 four years after she finally finished her degree at butler Mm -hmm. one of the things i think people need to understand is that our students, they were working professionals but they didn't all have their degrees at the time we were founded mm-hmm. because you can teach with a normal school degree or a kind of like when you go to a community college and you get a certificate as a trade and then you have to go on and get other things sometimes you have nurses like lvns and then they go and they become an rn so that right. was kind of a level of the where they were and so they were all at different places so we had i think five founders that actually graduated from butler And two that didn't. Kabina McClure would be one because she passed away, Mm -hmm. and then um, and then little uh, founder little she actually ended up um, graduating from UCLA. So um, yeah, I kind of went through them all quickly. But my favorite one, if you know me, they'll be like, which one? I'll be like, Hattie (laughs) Ritz. She, you know what? She was a writer too, so she she had some really interesting things to say. Like, I have some of her, like, quotes and, like, some of her speeches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one sorority got so mad at me because I posted one of her quotes. What does that mean? Why would she say that? I'm like, first of all, sis, it's a founder, so you need to have several seats. <laughs> this is where deference comes into play. This was a founder. Mm-hmm. Go have several seats and don't question her writing. This is what she said about her experience in the sorority. and got nothing to do with you.
0: Right. And it's back in that time, that's what she was. I mean, anyway, we won't go into all yes but yes, yes definitely there are some very interesting facts in in the book that you mentioned um i do I, I do love that i was really way back in my younger sigma years i was really on a hunt for a book the first book cuz i think i had the second one and so i was like okay i, I need the first book like <laughs> I need to go back. I need the first book. Who got the first? Give me the book. Give, give me the book. You don't. You don't. You not read the book. Give me that book. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of my notion. But I finally found it. So no worries there. I feel I feel a lot better now. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question, and it was right there. But oh yes. So with the monument that was revealed um, this past uh, July, did you have? I mean, I'm quite sure you did. But all of the writings and the beauty, I mean, it's 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 so beautiful. I just want to say that. It's really beautiful. So I, I don't know if you had your hands in the midst of that with designing and how you wanted to look, um, but can you tell us a little bit about the monument and how you were involved? I was not involved in
1: the design of it, but I did rewrite the the captions on there to make sure that they were accurate. <laughs> so for example, one of the ones that I was like really like watching and breathing when I saw it was Bessie Rhodes Martin because she has like three different years of birth, actually four, 1897, 1898, 1899 and 1900. And so the reason why is because, you know, they didn't really have good accurate records of African-Americans back in the day. Right. So, So we had to kind of, Figure out the date was the same July twelfth. That's her birthday, but it's just the year. So we have a, like a bunch of different ones. But what we had to do was synthesize it and make sure that we. Um, what I did was I synthesized and made sure that I made sure whatever contribution they made to the sisterhood was on that monument. Mm-hmm. So I worked with um, <clears throat> with uh, our executive director Karen Williams. Um, and then some of the core members of the Centennial team. And she asked me to look over that and make sure that things were accurate and so that it would go up on the monument. So yeah, that was my main contribution. So I wanted to see, make sure that that was I was glad that I was able to do that because we had histories for folks that just needed to be refined. And now we have expanded histories for all seven founders. That tell a little bit more about them. Of course, we're not going to be able to be like she wore green on this day, and then she wore a blue and gold suit and stuff like that. We don't have that kind of information or about right. <laughs> but it's just giving them the the due and the respect that they have as women and as mm-hmm. founders. Of the, the the place of deference or reverence that we have in the organization. So, yes, I did. Uh, I did help to write. I should say I rewrote um, the verbiage
0: for the monuments. Okay, well, wonderful job, wonderful job, job. Sorry, um, and also just a little snippet in case anyone missed it that all of our founders have. Um, how do you word know it as their doctorate degrees? They got honorary doctorates from honorary, doctorate. yeah.
1: honorary okay. doctorates because they had degrees. The only one that did not have a degree was Cabina McCor because she passed away in 1924. Right. So right. every one of them, all the other ones, got bachelor's degrees. They they got them so they uh, Butler was able to award them posthumous
0: doctorate degrees um, from right. the universities. yeah thank you. I was like it's post something and it wasn't coming to me okay thank you thank you yes, that doctorate degree and that's I mean that's that's phenomenal so from now on we have to make sure that we address our our founders as such I'm just saying just throwing that little, yeah. that little I think we
1: can yeah. I think we can and I, I think that the good thing is that, they acknowledged them, you know, the university, because, you know, for them being, I'm sure them being African-American women or black women or African descendants of slaves, Mm -hmm. they did not have, they were probably just a number Mm -hmm. at a university. And what they did was transformative because now we have over a hundred thousand people or women following in their footsteps. You know, um, and I believe they did need to be acknowledged and then we did need to say their names and acknowledge their work in the sisterhood and Mm -hmm. their work to found the sisterhood, honestly, because we wouldn't be here without them. That's
0: That's one thing I
1: like to let people know. You would not be a Gamma role if there were not for the seven people that that worked hard to found this so that you sit here and wear your colors and shake that monkey if you want to, you know.
0: I'm just being honest. <laughs> you should not threw the shake that monkey part in there. Okay, yes, that's true. But you know, you you do have to pay respect. Yes. Just pay respect. Um, and I think that I think that's a very important part to make sure that we do, especially um <laughs> if we continue to step into greater um and just to be a, a greater organization as I mean I just think we are supposed to be. Um so let me ask you a question. Because I know yes, you 30 years ago. Do you remember why you wanted to be a member of Sydney? No, nah, girl, I don't remember that. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember.
1: So our situation was unique because we did not have Sigma Gamma Rho on campus. We had every other organization. We had the other three sororities. And I was like 18. So I, I was a first generation college student, my my line sister as well. And um, we're looking around at the other organizations. I'm like, if this is what we got to choose from, I don't think this is it for us. So, what had happened was we kind of were researching, kind of found out some information. And so, there was a, 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 a believe it or not, there was a, a, a man, young man who had just become a member of Cap Alpha Psi. And no, so, he no. liked one of my roommates, well, like my roommate. And so, he had just became a campus so he would come to our room and talk to us about greekdom all the time and so he's like have you guys thought about a sorority and we'd be like ah we good you know we just came you know we came to campus or whatever and he was like have you thought about one and we'd be like no and he would be like every couple days have you thought about sigma gamma we're mm-hmm. like what's Sigma gamma Rowe? and so you know he was like oh they're really cool you know coming from the undergraduate he's a neophyte new member So he's like super duper hype. And so he was like, you you guys should look in the Sigma Gamera. Be like, what's that? And so we didn't have any on our campus. And um, so I went to the library. I'll never forget this. Back in the day, you know, we didn't have Google. You couldn't Google. Right. There was one article in the library and it came out in February of 1991. That you article the date. Oh my I god. I do remember the date because I I went and found that article again. <clears throat> and it and ebony magazine was doing profiles of different Greek letter organizations. So I went and pulled that article. I have a copy of it somewhere in my records. I have to send it to you. <clears throat> and um I have and I, I went and pulled that record that that magazine and then I copied it on my from microfiche. Remember, microfiche, mm-hmm. and I then and it had a picture of the entire board of directors of Sigma Gamma Rho, and it talked about Sigma Gamma Rho being the you know the eighth member of the National Panhellenic Council at the time because Iota Phi Theta wasn't um, it wasn't there was no D nine at that time it was, it was the grade eight or the lead eight, and I started reading and I was like, this sounds like a this is interesting and talked about you know, seven school teachers and, you know, greater service, greater progress and all this stuff. And I was like, they sound really interesting. So I had a friend at the school. So, you know, we used to have this thing called organization. Night. We still have it at my university. And a Sigma Gamma Rho came to campus to speak. They invited her to campus to speak. And she was very, very nice. Unlike the other sororities, like the other sororities, they would talk to you, but kind of not really. But we didn't care because we were like our own. We were like cool people. We had our own thing
0: <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> we Right. We were already hot chicks or whatever. And so <laughs> she chicks. came she spoke to us. And she was really bubbly and nice. And I had a friend at the school that she came from, which was Davis, because I said we were Metro chapter. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you heard of Sigma Gamma Rho? And she said, yeah. And they're going to have a line. And if they have one, I'm going to be on it. And she said, she said I said, oh, OK. So she said, she says, you want me to get you invited to the interest group? We didn't even know they had an interest group. (laughs) So we go to this interest group. I had, you know, other sorority had tried to, you know, was trying to woo me or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and they had invited me to a tea and whatever, all that stuff. And I was like, I ain't going to that. And so they, we went to the informational and walked in and there's like 50, 60 people, like women. And these six young women, beautiful, like very like well put together, beautiful, very down to earth. They did the informational. And then they went in and they walked around and spoke to every single woman in the room. Wow. And when I was talking to them, they were just like so cool and was like, you know, like, oh, where'd you come from? Thank you for coming. And I was, we were, it was the last information (laughs) we didn't even know. And they said, you know, they invited us to it. And they, like I said, every single member walked up and spoke to us and had a conversation. It wasn't just like, hey girl, thanks for coming or whatever. And they were just so eloquent. They talked about the community service that they did. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. They talked about school being a priority. And like I said, and these were like beautiful, very like like, you know, the cool kid type of group right. They were really, right. <laughs> really in the stuff. And then after that, we left and we were like, we think we want to be Sigma Gamma Rose. And so back then you couldn't tell people what you wanted to do. Right. But what happened was they had a regional conference in Sacramento. And me and my line sister and my roommate, we went to the regional conference. We showed up at the public meeting. What? <laughs> yes, we went to the public meeting because we wanted to see what it was about. Like, right. and and it was funny because there was under, it was you know we were small then like smaller you know regional conference public meeting a hundred people something like that under maybe two hundred people, and they introduced us to all of the officers. Grand Bass was Dr. Katie K. White at the time. They introduced us to, and then they introduced us to all the undergrads that were there. Wow. And so we left. We, there was a party happening. And they were like, You're gonna stay for the party. And we we're like, no, we're gonna leave. Not that wasn't on purpose, it wasn't because we didn't want to party. We just, you know, planning on partying. And it's funny because a couple of my line sister, my line sister walked in with another, another line sister. She walked in. She's like, Y'all not staying for the party? And we are like, No, we leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and so and they were, you know, they came in bopping, getting ready to go to the party. And we like, like we met everybody. Mm. And we after that, I was like community service, good women, you know, me being a first gen college student, I'm like, you know, you gonna need a support system,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: it's up and coming. Cause you know, it was like California in 1991, 1992, excuse me. And I'll never forget. Like, I was like, we were like so excited. We were like, we want to be Sigma Gamma Rose. And that's how I became an interest. And then I went from that meeting to the formal rush through
0: an educational process. And now I'm a member. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now I, <laughs> I just want to say just hearing your story, I'm like, oh, oh wow. Because everybody's it's- story is different, you know, and with you actually going to the regional conference, I would I would just be so geek, like oh, oh my god. Like, okay. We, we just went. <laughs> we just went to see what was what it was
1: about. Right. And, right. And I'm glad we went because I think that's Honestly, I think that's what got us in extra because we went to see what the business was about mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and we went and they were just so ha- literally, I remember meeting like my pro fights, their Dean. And it's funny because fast forward 30 years, I was a stepper. And when I was in college and stepmaster, and she was like the stepper of the, California. So I actually coached her for this last step. We did a, a, a exhibition for this parade called the Black Joy Parade. Yeah, and I was stepmaster I for that. And I was, and, and she stepped under me, which was hilarious because here I am, her pro fight. <coughs> I mean, her neophyte, and I'm coaching a pro fight mm-hmm. to do this. This you know, coaching a whole team of people, and so that's how
0: we. um, you, you still have the skills though. I mean, if y'all don't understand that stepman takes a lot of patience, precision. I mean, let me let me stop before I get to preaching. But you know, thirty years later, you still got it. Stepman. I still got some of it. I don't have it all. Like like
1: <laughs> that's that's I can't. I don't know. I don't know that I could commit to an eight to ten minute show. I could commit to a hard three minutes. A hard maybe. three.
0: Minutes? Yeah, Not like
1: three. I we, we what we did was a minute little minute 65 seconds of greatness okay but took you know we had like 130 people out there so right you know, you know but I rehearsed them actually I have to say that was one of the highlights of my year as a and that had nothing to do with me being a historian that was just me being a stepmaster and it was a highlight because soros didn't get it until we got there. they complained, they did this they did that but you know and so the team that we worked with we were just like just let's just get there. And when they got there and they saw it, and I I don't cry very easily, but I no. cried. That day. Oh, you should sure because have I saw everybody. Me? It wasn't just us. It was us, the rowers. It was the Philo. It was our rosebuds, and just you know, 130 of us out there. And it was you know coming out of COVID, and the, we were the biggest contingency of the whole parade. The other Greeks were like, "What the?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're coming through. <laughs> yeah, we came through. And then, you know, for me to step, I hadn't stepped in like 23 years. So for me to step and to teach everybody and to go through the rehearsals and stuff like that, that was super important to me. Like I literally we were just talking about the other night because we're getting ready to start preparing for the next parade. Okay. That,
0: yeah. that um that one that's this month, or is that a no, not year?
1: that one. This will be oh. one in Oakland. So no, I have my own. I, the, I, I have my own step team, but there are steppers from my team that are, are going to be on that team. Oh,
0: okay, okay. So, yeah.
1: cool. are you for hire? I do teach. Yeah, I, I'm a great oh, teacher. I figured that okay. I teach the fundamentals. I teach. I mean, I was a stepper for years in college. I mean, I stepped competitively for seven years. Oh. So, wow. um, yeah, So we stepped competitively all over. And so I did there's even there's videos like sometimes they'll show like these old school videos and people be like, is that you? And I'll be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That's me. I was about that life. I'm I was the I was about that life, like literally, because I people would be like, Who are you competing against? It don't matter. I'm like, we gonna win. It'd be like huh? <laughs> Soros would be like, Well, what about that team? I was like, We're not worried about that team. We worried about ourselves. Focus on yourself.
0: I know that's right. Focus on yourself. Self. I love yes. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, we'll get there. <laughs> I love your spirit and your energy. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I love yours too. <laughs> so in with the next, um, I don't know, 20 years, maybe 50, where, <coughs> where can you see Sigma Gamma Rho going from here? You know what, I would we're like still to see young. I just want to say that we're still young. So Yeah,
1: you know, our holograms will be at the next centennial, right? Well, you know, they might be able to freeze us. Who knows? Who Technology knows? Is crazy, right. right? You know, have us beam down from heaven or something. Um, <clears throat> I would like to see Sigma Gamma Rho in the next few years go back and really invest in our membership now. We got past the centennial. Centennial is a big thing, but let's go back to basis and invest in our membership and really grow our women, train our women on programming. Um, <clears throat> you know, there was three things that the found that when we revamped Sigma Gamma Rho, um, not revamped it, but evolved the organization. Let me put it that way. 1928. And it came out and I believe the 1929 Aurora and it was the, the relevance to mankind. The, the intrinsic values of sisterhood And the effectiveness of our program So that was an evolution From, you know, helping teachers to get their Degrees or whatever mm-hmm. <clears throat> But I would love to see us take it back there And evolve that and really spend time Investing in our membership and women In general um, To really start to go out into The world and do great things, the whole greater women Greater world thing uh, <clears throat> I would really love to see us do that And move forward and really Empower some of our groups and teaching other young women how to to have enthusiasm because even when i get depressed i'm still enthusiastic people are like how do you do it and i'm like i really just love us i don't like us all the time but i do love us and i just want us to be greater i just want us to focus on being greater and to focus on doing the things that make us stand out and be those women those experts, those subject matter experts, those people who are out there doing what needs to be done in the communities, those people who are out there being their best lives. Not everybody is meant to do community work, but there's some but you can do work building up individual members. You know, there are things that we can do to go. You know, there are sorors who are emerging as politicians. There are sorors who are <clears throat> who are making breakthroughs in STEM. There are sorors who are making breakthroughs in media. By the way, we used to have a great media team. We have so many sores in media. It's crazy bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm saying is those are the things that I think that we could use to elevate our organization, to empower mm-hmm. each other to train. When I was in, in my role, I was big on training folks. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to teach you how to do what I
0: can do so you could be right. better. And you and you still you still in the in the essence of training. I mean, just because you're not in that role, you you still can do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just did a bunch of tra- I've been doing a bunch of trainings but I want us to I want us to to believe in ourselves more as a collective we believe in ourselves we've had the party we've made the celebration now let's take it to a next step let's let's change the game let's flip the paradigm for what right. our is um, and what that looks like and, and and I think we'll get a different type of woman. Um, we have women who are already there but I think we need to, to the younger women now are a little bit more they're different. But even though they can do all these things, they still need to work on their self-esteem. They still need to work on their confidence. They Mm. need to be able to stand alone. Because when I was an undergrad, I did not care what anybody said. And what I mean by that is, I should say, as a collective, our our MO in Sigma Gamma Rho as an undergrad in California, we didn't care about nobody but us. Mm. And you know why? Because we were the only things that mattered in terms of what we need to do, and because we didn't care nobody about nobody else, I shouldn't say that we cared. You know, we we had our relationships with folks, right? But it made us uber focused on building the organization up, right? And that's where I want us to go is to have that that confidence that I don't. You can say whatever you want to say to me, but I'm still gonna be the bomb, and I'm still gonna do what I need to do, right? And that's right. that's where I want to see us cultivate that kind of confidence in women because we need that in the world, especially as women of color, we need that. Yeah, you know big time. and it doesn't have to be bold. It can always be it doesn't have to be bold or out there, it can be a level of confidence that you have. Like if you meet me, or people always say you're just like really confident person, you you right. I love me. Mm-hmm. And, and ain't nobody gonna love me more than me. That's true. I, I might not like me all the time, but <laughs> I look at myself and i will be like, You are pretty cool, chick.
0: You pretty cool, yeah. You did an amazing mm-hmm. job. You're amazing, you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we do have to do that. And I, I love that focus that you that you mentioned, because uh, this generation is different. You know, um, my my husband always said, they don't make Sigma women like they used to. What are you talking about? And I think it's just a point that he's seen so many different. Um, he's been with me since 2004. So uh, he's seen so many different sorors, and he's just like, oh, okay. Well, and he always want to give suggestions, you know, like you guys need to do things like this or do something like that. Um, and so that self-confidence and self-esteem is really important. It, it To me, is really because uh, you'll be surprised that when people are looking for that sisterhood, they want to have a sense of belonging. And not just, not just knowing, oh, OK, I'm just a member, but knowing that I'm actually accepted for who I am and for where I am right now, you know, even though I may not have much or, you know, my family, I may be the only child or, you know, whatever your situation may be. But understand that you are genuinely feeling accepted. I think that's really important. I think so, too. I mean, I grew up in a situation
1: <clears throat> where I had to go out and do a lot of things on my mm-hmm. own and work at it and and to be good at it. But one thing you, I, one thing Sora said, I, we know exactly who you are when you walk into the room. We know exactly <laughs> yes. who yes. you are and what you are about. You do not play with people, and I don't. And I and they, and I've asked younger Sora say, "How did you get there?" First of all, I like myself. I, I think I'm pretty dope. I don't think I'm perfect. I don't think I'm the most beautiful. I don't think, but I sure will walk in that room and you will think that. You know, like <laughs> and I and I feel like and I want like I, I used to t- when I coach step teams, I would tell them, they would be like, Well, what about everybody? I said, like, We're not worried about them. We are worried about ourselves. We win and we we are the show. Yes. We, we are people came to see us. Mm-hmm. Everybody else doesn't matter. And like by the time they get on stage, their self esteem will be so high, right. and they will just perform. You know, and I was, that's how you win. That's that's motivation speaking right there. <laughs> I don't like to lose. I don't know how to cheer for losing teams. <laughs> I was a cheerleader. I didn't know how to. We didn't lose much. I, somebody asked me, "How did you? How did you cheer for a losing team?" I said, "What
0: losing? What you talking about? Right? <laughs> what you talk about?" <laughs> Well, Sora, I do appreciate you coming on Share the Tea Tuesdays. Um, I know that you're doing a lot of things behind, you know, the scenes of Sigma Gamma Rho. but in your career, like what are you doing that people should know? Or um, because I know you're a business owner, you have all these different things that you're doing. So you have anything that you want to share with anyone? You know, what I'm really big in is to create is creativity, right? So
1: I do work, I have a regular job, I'm employed and I also have several, um, side hustles. So one thing about me is I'm going to work and I'm gonna teach you how to work and make money too. Okay. And so I am really big is I do as professionally, I do social media, I'm a social media strategist and I work in volunteer and donor engagement and development. Right. But I, I teach cre. I work on social media strategy for private clients. And I really teach people how to basically create programming or create a process that's going to get them to the next level. Um, i I'm about the outcome. So I do have a, another career. My side career, which got me in social media, was I was a professional singer songwriter. And I still sing and I still write songs. I was a, fir- fi- a first round Grammy nominee in five categories. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So my stage name is Tamika Nicole. And so, but I had to learn the music business. After I got out of graduate school, I learned I, I I did that. But really, I'm just about creativity now, like mm-hmm. inspiring people how to better work with creatives and how to become and how to actualize and be a creative that actually produces. And what I mean by that is produces work, not just have it in your head and you just, you know, scr- you know, actualize and moving forward. And so one of the things I've worked on is I worked on our, our, uh, our Centennial documentary. So I was the producer of that. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so yes, we'll, so we'll that, 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 that's gonna be shown. We can't really, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a surprise. Let's just say it's gonna come out this week. Okay. Um, but I, I worked on that and a team of people, creative and very programmatic people. I'm good at working with those. So that's really my thing is to inspire people to be creative um, and to do it in a way that's not going to put you in a place where you are struggling financially or anything like that. Because I want you to be your best and I want you to empower and have people in your lives that are going to help you be creative. Because it's a process to be a true creative mm. and to be a creative that actually produces and not just sits and talks about it. Like, I'm all about let's get it done. We did that with, um, we had a social media team for the sorority from 2018 to 2019, uh, 2018 to 2020, and we were on it, you know. Mm. So, and those were a <laughs> bunch of creatives and people who had business acumen. Some people were just proofreaders, but they all had some. It was all I'm on committees and helping the people that's something. I'm, I want to give you credit for what you're doing. And there was a lot of people that I work with. I would love to give them credit for what they're doing. So, uh-huh. some of them are serving in offices right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's quite awesome. a few of them actually. Right, they were on my team. <laughs> The service for the service for Sigma is always going. It's nonstop, and some right. capacity. Or even if you're behind the scenes, in front, it doesn't matter. You know, you're always doing something. Even if it's mentoring, something as simple as mentoring or recruiting, it's always nonstop. So, I just yeah. want to throw that out there. But I do appreciate you coming on Charity Tuesdays. I know I can continue to talk, 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 talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause we could talk forever. But I don't wanna I don't wanna take up a lot of people's time. And so I just wanna say thank you so much for coming on here and just giving your your highlights for our centennial. Um it's really a big deal. Of course I'm gonna see you in Indy. I'm not for sure when you're getting there. I'll be there by Friday, I believe. I not. get there. Yeah, I get there at midnight, uh, one o'clock in the morning on Friday. So oh, oh yeah, you, flying you're, in you're flying in from California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to fly. I I know. That's a long way. You have a long <coughs> way to drive. Yeah. <laughs> but I will see you. Hopefully, hopefully I will see you. There was so many people in just in uh uh Boulay. I just I sat know. and I was just watching people. I was just like, look, look. I said, "Look at all my beautiful sorority." "Oh, look at the roars. that's all I did. I just I just sat and watched. Sat down and watched it was people. a
1: lot to take in and that's what I will challenge people. I'll say this. Nothing else. Go to Centennial because it's all all of our centennial mm-hmm. and experience how you feel about it and document that whether it's with pictures, whether you write your feelings about the organization. we probably all be boohooing, <clears throat> but we've waited for this for so long. but the moment the historical you know, the historian to me coming out is that the the stories the 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 people who went there, how did they get there? what did we have to do to get here? And and how do you feel? It's about those seven women and how what what, what would you want to tell the founders? Mm. What would you want to tell them? How would you want this to be remembered? Um, How would you want to how would you want to thank them? I got to thank one of my Sigma role models on on a telephone call and she was like, thank you for sharing that with me. And and she was like, thank you, because I don't get to hear what how people feel. Mm. And so I think that we need to focus on the, the gratefulness of it, the thankfulness of it, and the moment yeah. instead of all the other stuff. And so, because this will pass, and then you know, November 13th, we'll be on to something
0: else. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I like that. I love yeah. that. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for for tuning in or listening or watching Tea Tuesdays. Remember, I told you, you know, all November. November long even going into the middle of december we're talking about sigma gamma rose sorority incorporated because hey there's only one centennial and i'm here to experience it live it and definitely represent and cut up just just a smidge so i appreciate you joining me so um don't forget everyone to follow me on social media i'm on all and social also- media channels except for snap of the chat but you can follow me at share the tea with v and remember be intentional, be insightful, and definitely be impactful. Thank you, Sarah Williams Clark, for joining me. Oh, you're I- welcome. Thank you for having me. And I'll see you. I'll see you in Indy. Says okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you.